Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Every once in a while, I realize that there is a datum we have never touched on throughout this podcast series that is so vital, I can't believe we haven't covered it yet. And this is one of those episodes where we're going to cover something so important, I could easily wish we had covered it sooner. But nonetheless, uh, here it is. You know, it's interesting. We could probably uh, categorize these episodes by being, you know, somewhat darker and somewhat lighter in tone, depending on the subject matter. And this could be considered maybe a little bit darker. But on the other hand, I find truth lightening. And this is all about truth. So really, it's all, it's all good. But the datum I want to cover with you today is simply this. What is the source of bad conditions? If you see a person, a family, a group, or company, or even a society or a planet going through bad conditions such as conflict, war, famine, economic hardship, turmoil, violence, and crime, and all the rest, if you're witnessing this, perhaps you may have asked yourself, where is all this coming from? How does all this come to be? How can anything be so nuts? Is this just the way things are in this world? Well, let me start by answering the last question. The answer is very, very definitely no. Bad conditions are not a natural state of affairs. They're not an inevitability that comes about eventually through incompetence of leadership or a lack of sensible policies or something. They are conditions that are caused. They are caused. This is an extremely important datum to bear in mind. You might think, well, that's a basic datum, but believe me, just listen in. Conditions, good or bad, are caused. They do not just happen by accident or because things are just sort of, quote, naturally that way, end quote. Actually, it's quite commonly stated. Well, that's life. Well, that's just life. No, that's not life. These conditions are being caused. And they are being caused by someone or someones. Now, we're going to get into it in a little bit, why this datum is so often overlooked. We're going to go into that. But let me start with this quote from an article from Mr. Hubbard from 1976 that should be emblazoned on the inside of each one of our foreheads in letters of fire. So I quote, It is important to understand that bad conditions don't just happen. The cultural decay we see around us isn't haphazard. It was caused. Unless one understands this, he won't be able to defend himself or reach out into the society with effectiveness. End quote. L. Ron Hubbard. So, this is an important fundamental to understand that conditions are caused, good or bad. If you walk into a business, it doesn't have to be your business, you walk into somebody else's business, for, for example, and you find the staff are alert, they're cheerful, they're productive, everybody feels good coming there. Well, you're in a place where somebody or somebodies are causing that condition. That's being a created condition. Now, on the other hand, if you go into a business or into a community or into a household, it doesn't really matter, any kind of environment, and you've got an environment where it's just kind of, uh, we say, low-toned, it's, it's, it's heavy, 
people are unhappy. They they fight easily. There's conflict. There's a lot of uh, either no motion or duelist motion. It's just not a very happy, productive scene. Well, that's caused too. Get that straight. That is caused. And don't be, we'll revisit this term more in a minute, but don't be reasonable about it. Just understand that these conditions are cause conditions. And if you don't understand that, if you cannot confront that, as Mr. Hubbard says, you will not be able to defend yourself or reach out into the society with effectiveness. Now, defending yourself is one subject, but reaching out into society is another subject that actually relates to defending oneself because if you don't take some responsibility for the society around you, it will eventually impact you. That's inevitable. I think we all can kind of figure that part out. So you want to be able to reach out into society you want to be able to defend yourself. You want to be able to create an island of sanity and ethical activity and productivity around you. You need to understand this datum that conditions are caused, good or bad. Who are they caused by? Who's, who's causing them? It's a type of personality. It's a type of being. And we call that being, you could call it a number of things. You could call it an antisocial personality. But a very apt and descriptive term and a term that Mr. Hubbard uses is a suppressive person. Now, I'm going to read you the definition of what a suppressive person is, but I'm going to warn you that you, the listener, I am 99.9% sure, are what we would call a social personality. Why? Because you're listening to these podcasts, you're trying to learn things so that you can help improve your business or your life or your environment in some way. And that these are characteristics of social personalities. But one of the liabilities of social personalities is they seldom confront the idea that not everybody's like they are. You know, because they're social, they look at a person that may be doing something that is antisocial or what we would say suppressive and kind of go, well, you know, he's having a bad day or, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a good explanation for why that person is, uh, you know, chopping off the heads of all the staff around here, whatever it might be. But that's because you're social and you tend to think social thoughts about other people. Well, not all the time. I'm not saying you never have a critical thought. I'm just saying, particularly if you listen to this and think, I wonder if I'm a suppressive person. You are not. Okay. Anyway, I'm just going to go into this definition of what a suppressive person is. Uh, so that you understand that there is a percentage, it's a small percentage, but it is a percentage of humanity that uh, falls into this category. So Mr. Hubbard defines a suppressive person as follows, quote, a person who possesses a distinct set of characteristics and mental attitudes that cause him to suppress other people in his vicinity and to oppose violently any betterment activity or group. A suppressive person is destructively antisocial. Crime and criminal acts are perpetrated by suppressive persons. Inmates of institutions commonly trace their state back to contact with such personalities. End quote. So, yeah, it's a little hard to confront that there are people like that. But, you know, if you have a difficulty with thinking with this, think with some of the famous ones. Think about an Adolf Hitler, okay? you know, a Stalin or any of these individuals who put millions of people to death, okay, and gruesome deaths, and you cannot 
how do you justify that? How do you explain that as a social personality? There is evidently, and then of course you have in the headlines, you know, criminals who do gruesome things to other people. We're talking about rape, murder, rape. You know, these are not perpetrated by social personalities, man. Let's face it. You know, these are antisocial uh, people. And you can say, well, well, maybe they had a bad upbringing. I don't know. You know, you can come up with all kinds of stuff. But anyway, we'll get into that more in a minute. But all I'm trying to uh, put across to you this data from Mr. Hubbard, that there is this category of personality. And if you are not aware of that, or you are not willing to confront that, then you will be unable to defend yourself or reach in, out into society with effectiveness. Be aware that there are, there are individuals like that. Okay, he goes on to say this, quote, the whole rationale of the suppressive person is built on the belief that if anyone got better, he would be for it, as the others could overcome him then, he is fighting a battle he once fought and never stopped fighting. End quote. Okay, so you're talking about individuals who are in a constant uh, battle with everyone else because they're stuck in a battle and they identify uh, every other personality around them as being against them. And their concept of survival is by uh, overwhelming or suppressing others. You probably have an idea of survival like, hey, you know, I want to survive better and I'd like to bring a whole lot of people with me and let's all survive better together. And, you know, let's try not to fight too much. And if we do, OK, but, you know, maybe I don't like you, but it's not like I want you to, you know, uh, your gruesome demise or anything like that. You know, this is kind of natural. This is social. I mean, you know, we all have uh, perhaps uh, perpetrated antisocial acts, but we're talking, you know, here and there, and we're not proud of them, which is, by the way, a social characteristic that when you do something wrong, you don't feel very good about yourself about it, right? This is not a luxury that the antisocial has. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the characteristics of the antisocial in this particular episode. I probably will later, but it's extensive, and I'm not going to try and cover too much here today. I'm just trying to get this across that if you have a bad condition, it is created by people with bad ideas. Okay, who have a suppressive characteristic and their concept of survival is through the diminishment of the survival of others, not the uplifting of all of us, because they are concerned that if others were surviving better, they would be somehow in danger. Okay, it's psychotic. Don't try to understand it. It's crazy, but they are crazy, you know, but that's just how it is. And the thing about it is they, of course, tend to carefully mask and hide these attitudes and uh, towards others, because if they made it too obvious, they would be stopped. So they're not going to exactly advertise, look, I'm a suppressive person. Don't hang around me. I will destroy your life. Okay. That's, it's not like they were a big sign on their forehead. So they are uh, not always that easy to detect. But if you are aware that they exist and you see a bunch of bad conditions around you, you can at least be somewhat alert to the fact that such individuals do exist. And uh, as you get more trained, as you learn more of the Harvard management system, you will, of course, eventually become very expert in detecting such, and then you can really do something about it. But in the meanwhile, just be aware of the fact that uh, these exist and don't be what we call reasonable about it. Okay. 
So just so you have the datum from Mr. Hubbard directly, this is from an article, 16 May 1965, and I quote all capital letters, quote, at the root of every bad condition will be found a suppressive person, end quote. That's a law. It's all capital letters. You know, if you see a bad condition, do recognize the fact that at the root of it, and it may not be in the immediate proximity, remember this, okay? Because a suppressive can influence others who influence others. It's kind of like a domino effect. So that suppressive element, let's say you have a bad condition in your own business, you know, sales are down, people are gloomy. There's an individual, uh, probably in pretty close environment there, that is uh, causing that. But they themselves may not be the suppressive. They may be connected to a suppressive outside of the organization or even maybe two or three times removed. But at the root, this is the datum, okay? At the root of every bad condition will be found a suppressive person. You do have individuals who are who are very closely connected to suppressives, and they start to create mistakes. They start to create problems. And uh, we have a term for that. We'll get into that probably in another uh, episode. But just understand that there are people who are more closely impacted by suppressives than others. But all I'm trying to put across is this fundamental, that at the root of every bad condition will be found a suppressive person. Now, with that, you can start to defend yourself. Now, We've covered this term in earlier episodes, one or two earlier episodes, but we're going to talk about it again. It's the word reasonable or reasonableness. So it has a very specific definition when we're talking about Hubbard management. It's a little bit different perhaps than uh, your typical definition, but here's a, here's a definition from Mr. Hubbard, quote, willing to understand something weird and peculiar as being fairly routine or ordinary. People are, quote, reasonable, end quote, about intolerable and illogical situations because they cannot recognize out points when they see them and so try to make everything seem logical. Isn't that interesting? We, being sort of rational beings, we look at something, you know, like, you know, the proverbial elephant in the room. Okay, so what the heck is this elephant doing in the, this, in the living room? Well, I guess mom is having a zookeeper over for lunch. And you go, what? Well, right? That would make it make sense, right? That she brought over a zookeeper and the zookeeper has a pet elephant and there they are in the living room. No, that's, that's being reasonable. Like, you've got an elephant in the room. That's all you know. <coughs> Don't start concluding, you know, why that elephant is in the room or how the elephant got there. Just observe you have an elephant in the room and now start to get to the real uh, reason, if you will, the real source of that condition. And that takes a certain, uh, uh, we call it logic, but it takes, it certainly takes rationale, but reasonableness, the way we're using it here is an incorrect or a faulty explanation filled in by a, by a rational person to try to make sense out of something that is illogical. You understand? And we do it all the time. You know, we were talking about the social personality tends to rationalize why, you know, you know, I thought she was our best employee and, uh, you know, Mildred fired her. Well, I guess, you know, she must have been, uh, 
she probably had issues that, you know, I didn't observe, or maybe she had some personal problems or, you know, there we are, we're filling in these explanations why one of our best employees, you know, got up and quit or was fired by, you know, our office manager, Mildred, you know, instead of going, hmm, something up here. I don't understand this. I believe that the episode was on understanding what you don't understand. If you can find that title, you can understand more about reasonableness. But you are thereby being reasonable and you will tend to overlook or bypass the actual reason, the actual explanation or what we call a why for that uh, illogic or that departure or that uh, condition that needs to be remedied. So don't go around you know, grasping at weird straws that somehow explain something without you yourself digging in there and looking and understand this datum that at the root of every bad condition will be found a suppressive person. So you're looking for the antisocial, the person whose concept of survival is through the oppression, suppression of others, making them smaller, making them reach less, making them less, uh, quote unquote, dangerous in their mind or universe. So I'm going to read you, this is um, an unbelievably important and, and powerful article from Mr. Hubbard, written on the 7th of December, 1969. It goes like this. He says, reasonableness is suppressive since it lets oppression continue without action being taken. So you see a small child being smacked by an adult in the street. And you go, well, you know, I'm sure that kid had it coming. You know, I'm sure, you know, there's an explanation for all this, you know, faulty explanation, faulty explanation, reasonableness, reasonableness. This is okay. This is okay. I'm a social person. They're probably social too. And I'm just going to keep walking. Yeah. Well, what would you say if the next morning you read a headline that some child had been abused and, and, uh, and perhaps murdered? Okay, and you let that continue. Why? By walking on and being reasonable about it. Instead of saying, hey, 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 is there something I can do to help here? You know, mind your own business. Yeah, I am minding my own business because you're in my life, brother. So you're now part of my business. Okay. So he says, reasonableness is suppressive since it lets oppression continue without action being taken. To the degree that we get reasonable about our points and let others suffer, we're being part of that suppression, aren't we? So, yeah, fortunately or unfortunately, the right thing to do, the, the sane thing to do, the honorable and ethical and survival thing to do is to do something about it. Don't be reasonable. Like, look it over. What's going on here? Okay. So he goes on to say this, quote, suppressive reasonableness is a common trait. It comes from, and then all capital letters, the inability to confront evil. How about that? You got it. I got it. We tend to all have it to some extent or another. It's unfortunately common, the inability to confront evil. You see that child being hit and you go, got to be a good reason for that, right? Why? Because we don't want to confront that there's some evil going on here, okay? Now, I'm taking a very small microcosm here when I'm talking about a child and a parent or an adult. You don't even know that it's a parent. You could dub in, that's a, you could make that conclusion, but that would be reasonable. For all you know, it's a kidnapper. I don't know. So, you don't know either, okay? But you see it, 
you want to be reasonable about it and keep moving on to that degree you've participated in it but what about in a company what about in a city in a society you want to watch it you want to rationalize it you want to be reasonable about it good you won't be able to defend yourself and you will not be able to reach into that society with effectiveness that's the message we're, we're trying to get over here so he says Suppressive reasonableness is a common trait. It comes from the inability to confront evil. Evil takes a bit of confronting. People who want desperately to, quote, have no trouble, end quote, often won't confront and handle trouble. I think we've, we've covered that with a few examples. And he goes on to say this. Murder is murder. It occurs. A murder is not a frightened wish it had not occurred. It occurred. Somebody did it. There's the body. So, you see, there's the body. You know, you, you could have an explanation. You might have an explanation, not have an explanation, but there's the body, okay? He goes on to say this. Psychiatrists, for instance, have two major types in their ranks, both psychopathic. One is a thedy weedy who thinks all criminals are poor, abused things, and the other is himself a criminal psychopath who turns criminals loose on the society just to get even with people for his own fancied wrongs tracing several major crimes that can be found that the violent criminal was in the hands of a psychiatrist earlier and told him his intentions, yet was let loose on society. Continue to read from Mr. Hubbard. Such a criminal, a rapist, a murderer, can't be helped by psychiatry, but that isn't the point. Decent people died, and some died horribly. That doesn't make a very safe environment, does it? It is true that we could straighten this criminal out if we could keep him out of circulation for a while. It is true the criminal is in trouble, but it is also true that he commits crimes, end quote. Anyway, rather passionate subject, I suppose, but uh, nonetheless a vital one, man, so vital. Get your confront of evil up when you see bad conditions. Do recognize that at the root of those bad conditions, maybe not in the immediate environment, you can, but you can string it back. Okay, there is a suppressive element at work. Get, roll your sleeves up and start dealing with it. Don't try and avoid trouble. Believe me, you're already in trouble. If you're on this crazy planet, we're all in, in trouble to some extent or another. And uh, the way to get out of it is to confront the evil in it and uh, roll up our sleeves and do something about it. And also don't wish that other people would handle it. Just realize that we ourselves have our own responsibility in dealing with it if we are going to defend ourselves and move forward into society with effectiveness. All right. Well, that wraps it up. I hope <laughs> I wanted to try and uh, leave this on a light note. I guess I can. I can definitely say that there are more and more of us who are confronting evil and taking action and steps to better things. That's for sure. Uh, I'm surrounded by many friends who are and uh, many wise members who are, and I'm super proud of all of them, those who are taking action, and a uh, very good chance that you, as a listener, you probably are doing something about it as well. But uh, use this information to beef yourself up, beef up your confront of evil, and uh, in future episodes, I will give you more tools on detecting the antisocial, and also on how to detect the social personality, because you got to be able to distinguish them and uh, there's actually a specific set of characteristics to each. And uh, as I say, I would um, each deserves its own episode, and that will probably be coming in the not-too-distant future. In the meanwhile, uh, until next week, thank you very much for listening. I hope you 
walked away from this with something useful and not too uh, electrified. Sorry if I kind of got a little bit, as I said, passionate on this, but it's a passionate subject uh, for many of us. So there you have it. Uh, until next week, thank you for listening. Write us at info at wiseeastus.org if you have any uh, questions, observations, realizations, and you can also, of course, comment and click the like button if you are enjoying your episodes. Okay, thank you for listening. Till next week.